You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Friday. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. We're ready to talk football again. I'm Charlie Winfield. He's Bart Gregory. This is our Tracks Plus Friday Deep Dig. Let's go hang half a hundred edition. As Mississippi State's got Auburn coming in tomorrow, Bart. This is a dangerous spot for me mentally. Very. Because I am in the mindset of you don't just win, you rough them up. And, boy, you better not forget the win part. Well, that's the thing for me is coming into this week and you see what's going on on the other side, and we're talking about just the football field, uh, firing a, a football coach early in the week and not only doing that but firing assistant coaches as well. And so they're going to be going. If you've been to Harson's house for dinner, yeah. you're off the staff. Right? If you're one of the Boise State boys, <laughs> it ain't so good. It ain't, it ain't so good. And so what does that mean? The play caller was Eric Keesaw, and he was the offensive coordinator, and Harson helped out as well. Well, Keesaw is gone too. And so not only do you have a change at the head coach position, you've got a change at the play caller position as well. And so Will Friend, who, by the way, his dad, Chuck Friend, was a former Startwell High School coach. Will Friend played at Neshoba Central, been a longtime assistant coach now. And Ike Hilliard, they're the co-offensive coordinators. Charlie, before we kind of get into it, as far as talking about the numbers and things, I know sometimes when things happen to you in sports, when you have experiences, sometimes they may cloud your judgment on things. Because – what I want to say is, is Auburn has new coach this week. The kids are kind of beaten down. They may be mentally done. But I'll also go back, and we mentioned this the other day, when we went to the Gator Bowl after 2017. Uh, and you a running backs coach. And we had a running backs coach and uh, Greg Knox. Greg Knox, fantastic guy, was the interim coach for that game. Of course, Dan had left. He had taken some coaches with him already. We had some GAs coaching positions. I remember DJ Looney was the offensive line coach for us in that game. And I remember how our guys just rallied around Greg Knox. Now, that was a bowl game, and they had three or four weeks to kind of get that behind them and kind of buy in. Well, let me ask you this, too, though. Isn't it beyond just being a bowl game and having time to buy in? Look, we've seen a lot of bowl games where one side or the other, maybe both, don't show up. Yeah. Was there some of that going on? Meaning, we were able to pull that off. We're showing up tomorrow, okay? We were able to pull it off as the underdog in a bowl game setting. Isn't it a more daunting task for Auburn tomorrow than we faced in a bowl game? Not just because of the time, but because of the give-a-rip factor. Well, that and uh, we're playing at home. If we were playing at Auburn and they were trying to refocus in front of their home crowd, it would worry me even more. But I'm with you, Charlie. Anytime we talked about this, I think against Texas A&M, when we felt like, hey, we should win this game, we're going to win this game, and you're like, you really don't want to buy into your own thoughts of being so productive. You talk about wanting to hang half a hundred. I'm the same way. But you got to worry about the win part too. Yeah, winning comes first. We're going to win this football game. 
Am I going too far to say that? We better win this football game. Yeah, that's really the, the truth of it. There'll be a lot. I will say this. If you want to look back, you just think the LSU game was bad, the meltdown after Kentucky. Whew. Hey, this is a must win. I mean, you've got to win this. Period. Football. Period. If it was on the road, then all of a sudden you don't have to say it's a must win because it is on the road. But this is a must win. It's a Saturday night. It's against a team that's been beaten down a little bit. This is a must win if you want to have, you know, what you want to have at the end of the year. All right. So we've got a new coach, Cadillac Williams, coaching Auburn. Heck of a player, by the way. But you always wonder if guys are somewhat biased to what they were. You know, you and I even, as football fans, still get caught up in those days of liking the old power eye. Well, see, you're still in my thunder right here. I was going to go with that theory when I jumped into some of my numbers. Well, because we all know it. What do we do when we go eat with our friends? I tell you what, back in 1984, we'd have gotten the I-4 and we'd have run over them. Oh, yeah. You just kind of sometimes wonder with coaches. Uh, now, Bigsby, that being said, excuse me, not Bigsby, Cadillac Williams, increasingly in his NFL career was used in the passing game. Very little at first. His last year at Tampa had over 40 receptions. So it's not like he's a stranger to throwing the ball to the running backs. The other thing about new coaches, and we've used this before, we had a game earlier this year where we didn't have a coach on the other sidelines. And so all of a sudden, you know, the assistant coach is taking over, and you wonder – are they going to be conservative in calling plays? That was Bowling Green. Yeah, I'd almost forgotten about that. That seems like last year. That's why I was pausing for a minute in my head, just trying to make sure I had that right. But, yeah, Bowling Green, head coach doesn't show up. He was out for two weeks for undisclosed reasons. You wonder, though, when that guy came in, when the offense coordinator is calling plays, does he get a little conservative? What is the mindset of your Cadillac Williams? Is it to come out tomorrow and say, Man, we've been getting our brains beat in for three straight weeks. We're going down the field. We're opening this thing up. We're going to run a reverse on the first play. Are we pulling everything out, or are we going to get a little more, hey, we're going to go back to establishing the football? Well, and I'll let that lead into my first number, if if I can. And these three numbers, of course, we're on the Tracks Plus Deep Dig, Tracks Plus with five locations now. And, of course, the, the main location in Hickory, Mississippi, King Crosby, Justin Ward, and Andrew Harrison, Drew McGee, Casey Eccles, the rental, and Ryan Mosley and Chad Tillman, Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton are over in Columbus, and Caleb Pounds and Gresh Howell down at Summit, Hoop Weems at Alexandria, and then uh, in Bessemer, you got Nathan George and Josh Campbell, tracks plus. My first number is two. That's the most rushes I'd like for us to see Tank Bixby go for over 10 yards. Now, the th- Wait, are you going up or down? I want to be sure this is a source of controversy among some. I know. I go low to high. That's where but I I'm, thought you were. So low to high is the thing now. Low to high is my mojo. Even okay. though I went low to high against uh, against Alabama, that it worked. So it's it, it does not work against Alabama. But I'm going to start with that low. Ain't all that don't work against Alabama. No. Go ahead. Two Tank, is your number. Tank Bigsby does not need to have more than two runs of over ten yards. You look at last week. He went for one carry over ten yards against Arkansas. He had six against Ole Miss, but against LSU, Missouri, Penn State, he had just one. So they did a good job of kind of controlling him. But here's the thing. You brought it up just a minute ago about uh, Cadillac Williams, about a coach coming in, wanting to establish the run, Will Friend, Ike Hilliard, who was a running back as well at Florida. Those are the two guys that are co-offensive coordinators is Will Friend and Ike Hilliard. And so then you got Cadillac, who was the old running back. Does he just try to establish a run? But also, the thing that Tank Bixby did last week against Arkansas is he had the most catches he's had all season long out of the backfield. 
He was targeted six times. He made six catches. Now, Jarquez Hunter, the other running back, caught four balls out of the backfield. And so I just think that's one of the ways they take the pressure off of Robbie Ashford, the quarterback. They're going to try to run the football. We just can't let Tank get big carries in a game tomorrow. That's my first number is two. And I can take no exception to that number, and it'll kind of relate to one that I'm going to have. All right. My second number is five. And I think we – I don't know if we we need these to win, but I'd like to see us have at least five touchdowns in the game tomorrow. You know, so much has been talked about Auburn's offense, and, and rightfully so. And Brian Harson, that's been one of the big things about getting that program going is their offense has struggled, but it hasn't been anemic. It hasn't been as bad as Texas A&M. You look at against Ole Miss, they had 34 points against Ole Miss. They had 27 points last week against Arkansas. With the exception of – Penn State and Georgia, they've done a decent job offensively of scoring points. I think this is one of those games where we got to get the offense going. This is about us on the offensive side. We've had two back-to-back games against Kentucky and Alabama in which we have not thrown the ball the way we'd like to throw it. I think we got a chance to do that in the game tomorrow. I'd like to see us have at least five touchdowns offensively in the game tomorrow. I think you might need five touchdowns. I think you are. I really do. I think Auburn is going to be a team that is going to be a little bit better than we're thinking in our minds, okay? They're not. No, I take that back. We better not need five touchdowns. Well, I'm telling you, I we think. We better not need five touchdowns. I think we I want to score. My number is actually a little higher than yours in terms of what I want. Right. Well, and it kind of lends to my third number, which is 70. And that's and I don't get involved in completion percentage in today's world of college football. I think completion percentage is very, very overrated. But I think for us – So you're like the anti-batting average guy. I am the anti-batting average guy. You're like an OPS guy in the passing game? Yes, I am. I think when we have our difficulties, you can look at completion percentage – in the middle of the field between the numbers against LSU, against Arkansas, excuse me, against LSU, against Kentucky, and against Alabama. The games where we have not thrown the ball well, it's been in the middle of the field. I also think Auburn has really good cornerbacks, and they've struggled at times at safety and linebackers. I'm saying between the numbers in the game tomorrow, I think our completion percentage needs to be 70%. And so my third number is 70 so my numbers are two. That's the most rushes we can allow Tank Bigsby to have over 10 yards. My second number is five, the number of touchdowns offensively I think we need in the game. And then the third number is 70, the completion percentage between the numbers in the game tomorrow. And those are my numbers brought to you by Trax Plus. And once again, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. You can check them out at favorites.com. Home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for in the insurance world, the customer service is second to none. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. All right, let's look at your numbers. I'll give you mine. My first number is four. That's the number of sacks I want us to have tomorrow. I can go with that. And I feel like I'm asking a lot, except that it's been done against Auburn and it was done last week. I don't know that our scheme is always – about having sacks as much. Sometimes you want to bottle guys up. You want to make decisions in a hurry. Tomorrow's just a day where Robbie Ashford just cannot be comfortable in this football game. And so you say, what is the value of keeping Robbie Ashford uncomfortable? It's significant. One of the things we like to do, Bart, we 
start digging into these numbers, you want to look and see what is the difference between a guy who's kept clean and a guy who's under pressure. And a lot of times you'll see there are some guys who are really good against pressure. A lot of people think, well, if you're under pressure, you're a bad passer. Well, it certainly doesn't help you. But there are some guys who the gap isn't as great. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, absolutely. Some guys are better off just staying in coverage. And some of those times it's because a blitz is coming, so you've got a void in the secondary, and those guys kind of pick you apart when they're under pressure. Here's the numbers on Ashford. I think it's one of the most dramatic differences that we've seen this year. When he is kept clean, he's a 62% passer, five touchdowns, two interceptions. When he is under pressure, he is a 26% passer, no touchdowns, mm. three interceptions. This guy, I mean, that gap. Well, you got to get pressure. <laughs> I mean, it's a 36-point gap right there. And so, point being, that's as big a gap as we've seen all year in terms of quarterbacks and their performance under pressure or not. Got to get after him. And if you're going to get after him, let's just go ahead and sack him, too. He's been sacked 14 times. And he's been under pressure a lot, in fact, 80 times. But my thing is, forget getting pressure. I want to do that. That obviously has an impact on him. But, hey, while we're back there, let's just go ahead and tackle him as well. Four sacks I want to see. Yeah, and you got to remember, Robbie Ashford, he's only been sacked 14 times, but he hasn't taken all the snaps this year. Of course, their starting quarterback on day one, T.J. Finley. They had Zach Calzada, the transfer from Texas A&M. Ashford is essentially their third quarterback. And along those lines, Charlie, they've had the same situation in the last four games that we've had over the last few games is they've been without their center. I mean, they're on their third center right now. Nick Brahms was a medical red shirt right before the season started. And then Tate Johnson had an elbow injury in the first half against Missouri. So the last four games, they've had to mix and match on their offensive line. And that's one of the reasons that I think, and, and hey, I don't think you're going to see Tate Johnson in this game either. They had Troxel out for the Georgia game or for the Ole Miss game. And so their offensive line has kind of been a hodgepodge, and I think it's going to continue to be that way. That's one of the reasons that you've got to get pressure on because their offensive line hasn't been clean and it hasn't been injury-free this year. All right, so four sacks, my first number. My second number is 21. 21 is the number of first-half points I want to see tomorrow. Now, that hasn't happened a lot to Auburn. Georgia put up 42 points on Auburn. Only 14 of those coming in the first half. There's only been one team all year put up 21 first-half points against Auburn. So you talk about, hey, we're going to have a big start. We're going to have a big start. Well, most teams don't. Most teams have beat Auburn in the third and fourth quarter. LSU, 14 first-half points. Georgia, 14. Missouri, 14. Arkansas, 17. Ole Miss, 28. I'm not saying I want to match that. But I'd like to get in the middle of those 14s and the 28s. I'd like to have 21. And it's not just an ego thing of thinking we need three touchdowns. I think this Auburn team is a team that you just got to beat the hope out of early. And you say, well, can you beat the hope out of somebody? I guess it depends on how hard you beat them. And so my thing is get out there, beat them, beat them in the ground, and whatever this rah-rah we're playing for the Cadillac kind of thing, just put a stop to it before it ever gets started. Score early. Score often later. I, I do think you have to score early, and it is it is not an easy thing to do at all. So, let me ask you this. Along those lines, you win the toss tomorrow. Are you taking the ball? I am. Oh, well, yes. Absolutely. 100 times out of 100. 
And there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of them is, I go back to something we talk about all the time, you put your best unit out there first. Is our offense better than our defense? I don't know. Well, let's think that through. We know Mike Leach is going to take the ball. Yeah. So I guess it's an academic point. But I'm putting my offense out there anyway. Do you buy, by the way, into this idea that teams coming out of buys should be rusty? I don't know if I buy it about being rusty. Auburn was last week. They were. They didn't play well coming out of a bye. And I'm trying to think, and I know I probably should have had those numbers, about how we are to buy coming after. I just think so much of our stuff is repetition. You know, we're going to do what we're going to do offensively every week. I mean, we don't change our offensive philosophy based upon who we play. Let's say that's one benefit. We don't change the game plan. No, I mean, so our guys are running the same routes, and so it shouldn't affect us as much. Am I wrong for thinking that? I I don't think so, but because the follow-up question to that was going to be, if you have this idea that teams are a little bit rusty coming out of bye weeks, that we may be a little rusty, does that change your mentality and say, you know what, let's put our defense out there first? Well, it could. Yeah, anyway. Whatever. Something to argue about yeah. in the car. Um, my next number is 80. That's the maximum number of rushing yards that I think Tank Bigsby can have in this ball game. Oh, really? I just look at this and I say, Auburn can't throw the football very well. When they put it in the air, there's about as good a chance that you're going to catch it as they are. I feel like this is a team, though. How do you help a team that doesn't throw the ball well? Run it well on first down. Run it well on second down. Put yourself, if you have to be in third down, in third and manageable. Ashford's got a lot of short completions. He is not a throw-it-down-the-field guy. I wonder if this is just one of those games, if I'm Auburn, and I look at the Zach Arnett defense, I think, all right, i got to shorten this game. Bill Parcells used to have the great line that football games are too long for bad teams. The, the idea being the, the longer the game, the better the chance the better team would win. And so my, my question is, if I'm Auburn, do I just swallow my pride, recognize we're not where we need to be, and let's just kind of – You know what I'm talking myself into by you saying that? A pick six by DeCamerian Richardson. We're going to jump a route. You watch it. Tomorrow, a guy that gets a little pressure – Short passing game, we're going to jump around. You watch it. So you're going with a corner on that? I'm going with a corner on that. All right, I'll take that. All right. I'll take that. Uh, so, anyway, my, my other number, 80, I don't think you can let Tank Bigsby beat you on the ground. I don't think you can let him shorten the game. Yeah. Kind of ties back into your number. You didn't want him to have big carries. I can't control how many he has, but I just don't want him to come out and do like he has done. I mean, this is a guy who can go for 170 yards in a game, and he just did it a couple of weeks ago. We do not need Tank Bixby to be Chris Rodriguez of Kentucky, and Tank's Bixby is every bit as good as Chris Rodriguez. Every bit as good. Remember the old days, Michael Davis? Oh, Remember yeah. Remember the old Miss game? Like, we handed it to him 40 times. We had, we had Davis and then Kevin Bowie. Kevin Bowie could play, too. That was two good backs. So, anyway, my numbers, 4, 21, and 80. Have I ever told you the story about Michael Davis? You know, he was a highway patrolman. He told the story one day he was in the office. I hadn't seen Michael in forever. He's from Morton, of course. And my grandfather knew Michael. Grandfather was a longtime policeman down in, in Morton. And Michael said he stopped some guys on the interstate down in Morton. And a guy was like, Michael Davis, are you the running back that used to play at Mississippi State? And he says, I, I am. He said, man, let me tell you, I'm sorry I was driving so fast. And he had two kids in the back seat, And Michael was kind of aggravated because the, the guy had two kids and he was speeding. And he says, man, I'll tell you what. He says, is there any way 
I can get your autograph. He said, don't worry, you're about to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to take that detour. I wonder if we, like, send our highway patrolman over to consult with the fine people and reform in Gordo. Let me tell you this. It's their problem. I guarantee I bet there are fewer tickets written on westbound travel than there are on eastbound travel. What do you think? We need to reciprocate. We need to call our friends in Columbus. Hey, guys, y'all have got some budget shortages over there. Get busy. Um, uh, out in Mayhew. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The Auburn folks I know, they ain't coming. They've given up. They're ready for basketball season. They're not showing up in this game tomorrow. No, I think that's true. It's all about Bruce Pearl these days, isn't it? Oh, yes. All right, so that's a look at our numbers. Now let's take a look at our two brothers, two guys that can smoke, smoke you. you. Yeah, you two know, guys can smoke you by two Mark brothers. Mark got us fixed on that. Did he really? Yeah. He just said you just can't go with two brothers and two guys who can hurt you or kill you. Two guys let's can tie smoke it you. in. Two brothers smoke meats. Well, one of the things about Auburn, and my first player is on the defensive side, and he wears number four. He's a cornerback, DJ James. And I, I mentioned this a little bit ago. If Auburn is really good in the in the on the defensive side, it's at the cornerback position. They've been really good at cover corner, and that's why I go back to the point of us taking advantage of the middle of the field. Because DJ James has been targeted 31 times. He's only given up 11 receptions this year. He leads the team in pass breakups. He's given up only one touchdown in the passing game this year. But also in the passing game, he's made nine tackles, but zero missed tackles. He's not the guy that you catch the hitch route and you catch it at seven and then you break it off and get 31. He does a good job of locking you down, but also making the tackle when he gives up the catch. And that's number four, the cornerback, DJ James. My second guy is the quarterback, and that's Robbie Ashford. We talk about Ashford being the third-string quarterback. Last week, he was 24 for 33 against Arkansas for 285 yards, throwing the ball. Ten of those came to his running backs. Six to Tank Bixby, four to Jarquez Hunter. He's a guy that's run the ball okay. Last week against Arkansas, he rushed it 19 times for 87 yards. He rushed it 15 times for just 32 yards against Ole Miss, 52 yards on nine carries against Georgia. I think he's also a guy, kind of that mesh point guy. We're going to see really for the first time tomorrow what we probably would have seen with K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas with a quarterback and a running back trying to read option a little bit. We're going to probably see some of that tomorrow. So my two players that can smoke it, number four on the defensive side, D.J. James, and on the offensive side, number nine, the quarterback, Robbie Ashford. All right, that's your two players. Mine, I feel like I'm cheating, so go ahead and make fun of me. I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby. I knew you would. Number four. You just have to because he's going to be the guy that makes a difference. I could pick somebody and, you know, talk about the great play of some left guard or right tackle. But Tank Bigsby is behind Ashford or maybe parallel with Ashford going to be the story of this ball game tomorrow. Bigsby, six foot, 213. He's out of Atlanta. He is a junior, and he is good. He rushed for 1,100 yards last year. He's well over 2,000 yards now in his career the problem with Bigsby, well, it's not really his problem. It's the Auburn problem with Bigsby. They don't know what to do with him. And maybe that's a Brian Harson problem. But here's what I do know. The guy goes 16 for 147 in the opening week. He plays a little bit against San Jose State, goes 13 for 51. Now, you've got a 2-0 and Auburn team getting ready for Penn State. 
they give the ball to Bigsby nine times. Nine times the entire game for just 39 yards. And you ask Brian Harson, why do you do that? Why haven't you used this guy? He says, well, we were behind. Well, never mind the fact that they were down just one score for a great deal of the first half. They weren't using him right. It's weird. Two weeks ago, we saw him 20 carries against Ole Miss, just 11 last week against Arkansas. This could have been a number, but Tank Bigsby, I think tomorrow, gets better than 15 carries in this ballgame. And if he doesn't, then they need a new interim coach as well. Yeah, I just think Cadillac's going to give him the ball. I'm going to say, hey, son, this is how I used to do it. This is where we're going to call the plays for you, and this is how you're going to do it. So, yeah, I look for Tank Bigsby big time tomorrow. Another note on Tank Bigsby. He has 590 yards rushing on this season. 487 come after contact. 82.5% of his yards come after somebody has laid a hand on him. Two weeks ago against Ole Miss, three weeks if you count the bye week, two games ago, he goes for 179. 179 yards rushing, 152 were after contact. He forced seven missed tackles. Last week against Arkansas, maybe the reason he only got 11, he only forced one missed tackle. Arkansas was committed to stopping the run. I know I'm asking for pressure. I'm asking us to do everything, but we got to stop Tank Bigsby. I don't care if he gets at 11 or 20. Yeah, I can go with that wholeheartedly. All right, so my second guy is Oscar Chapman. You say, who is Oscar Chapman? He's the starting punter. He ranks second in the SEC, and he punts a lot. One of the reasons he's good, he stays active. <laughs> he's always stretched out. He doesn't – He doesn't. Ha- you don't have to tell him, hey, move around. You know, maybe get on the bike, loosen up. He, he's, he's ready to go. In fact, he's had games where he's kicked it as many as nine times. He's a game captain uh, occasionally. I mean, look, he is a good punter. He is a very good punter. He also happens to be Australian, and if you – were to see Oscar Chapman, well, he just doesn't look like a football player. I'll let your imagining go as to what he might look like, but he is from Adelaide in South Australia. Oh, really? One of the girls that kept my kids okay. at one time growing up actually did a foreign exchange situation in Adelaide, Australia. Loved it down there. Said it was awesome. You know, he's one of those guys, too. You know, if you're standing close to the sideline, if you ever get to third down, you got the assistant coaches yelling, punt team, punt team. You always want to get them together. Auburn's that team on second down, start saying, punt team, punt team. That's why, as a kid, my dad he used to, my dad get fired up in games and he would always start yelling for the quick kick on third down. You never see that. But so the what a quick kick is, by the way, is you put your punter. In the, or excuse me, you put your just your quarterback in the shotgun on maybe third and 17 and stuff, throwing it, you just go ahead and punt it then. They don't have a return team out. Surely we did that with Wyatt every now and then. I mean, I can't believe it if we didn't. That, that would have been a really lost opportunity. So those are my two guys, Oscar Chapman and Tank Bigsby. Who will get the higher number, Tank Bigsby in carries or Oscar Chapman in punts? I hope it's not the punts because I hope we're turning the football over. And, hey, those are our two players that can smoke you, brought to you by our good friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats on University Drive in the heart of the Cotton District right here in Starkville. Two Brothers, their menu is fantastic. Anything you get on there is great stuff and a great place to come to to Starkville tomorrow if you want to pregame it. Game tomorrow night at 6.30. you got plenty of time to come up here. Go to Two Brothers, get you something to eat, head out to your tailgate, eat before you go in the game. But if you're thinking of catering, 
cater a big old pan of those wings. Make sure you call that in today. And so you can be the friend at your tailgate that everybody likes with a big old pan of smoked wings from Two Brothers. Well, I was waiting on you to ask me if I was going to Two Brothers today, and the answer is no. I'm getting takeout from Two Brothers today because we've been kind of busy with the Bulldog Initiative the past few days, Bart. You don't talk about numbers. It's been a good week. Lots happened in the past four days. Over 1,100 members now. Over 800 new people have signed up in four days. We've been averaging 200 new people a day throughout this week, and no reason it won't keep going. Yeah, it's been a a good, good week. And so I guess now we got our one big thing we need to talk about with Auburn, don't we? Yes, fire away. I know that you have pulled up like – the notable alumni. I love doing this. Obscuria or whatever it's called, and you've come up with some just complete nonsense about Auburn, Alabama, or things of that nature. No, what I was going to say is, is I'm, I'm going to focus on the people of Auburn. They've got a lot of athletes, of course, that have some notoriety. But it, as you know, Charlie, sometimes during ball games, I will start breaking out just crazy notes and quotes. And where do I go sometimes to get that? Is Wikipedia. The co-founder of Wikipedia is Jimmy Wales who is a graduate of Auburn. He got his bachelor's degree at Auburn. He got his master's at Alabama. But Jimmy Wales is a co-founder of Wikipedia. Lionel Richie actually passed through Auburn. He eventually graduated from Tuskegee. But I have to mention Lionel Richie. Hey, have you ever been to Tuskegee? I have driven through Tuskegee. Okay, so let me encourage people. If you ever make the trip to Auburn, I, I was headed towards Auburn, and I was actually a day early. Game was the next day. And I was driving down the interstate, and I see the sign for Tuskegee, and there's a museum and that kind of thing. And I was like, you know what? I'd seen the movie, The Tuskegee Airmen. I thought, I'm a history guy. I'll stop and see. And I park in this parking lot. It's like me. I mean, it. and I, I look, and I see a couple of hangers, and I see a few frames of where buildings were. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to go in the door. I'm here. It was the most unbelievable thing. They had, like, actual airplanes from the Tuskegee Airmen. And I I watched a little movie. I had a blast. I spent about two hours there. They showed how they pack parachutes. They do all this stuff. And so I actually encourage – it's not – it's not like you're not putting in a big investment of time. You know, this isn't going to blow the afternoon. But for 30, 45 minutes an hour, it was it was really cool. It's a good history lesson. Yeah, so the Tuskegee Airmen, of course. Yeah. Lionel Richie was from Tuskegee, Alabama. He went to Auburn. And the reason I mentioned Lionel Richie is because he started with the Commodores, of course, and then went into his own route. And I have to listen to Lionel Richie, and I've had to listen to Lionel Richie for the past several years, multiple times a day. Oh, it's got to be Felker. It comes out of Rocky Felker's computer. Now, is he like an old school? He's not party on the ceiling kind of Lionel Richie, is he? Oh, no, 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 no. It's more like lady. ease on down or whatever it is, sail on down the line. Yeah. So, anyway – Lionel Richie is a is tied to Auburn University. Tim Cook, of course, the CEO of Apple, is a big Auburn guy. He went to went to Auburn as well. All right, so I have something I want to harp on for a one minute, Bart. Okay. So I have one bit of nostalgia that I would like to bring up, Bart. I think as games get further in the rearview mirror, I am better able to appreciate an opponent's play. One of my favorite stories of the Humphrey Coliseum, by the way is Dominique Wilkins, who dunks a ball with one second left. Looks like it's going to give George the win. It's waved off for a charge. And then 
we end up making nine free throws off technicals and what have you because Hugh Durham wouldn't leave the floor to win by ten. I know where you're going with this story, but go ahead. You know I'm going to 1986. 1986, Mississippi State is 6-1. 14-year-old Charlie Winfield tours the campus that day, which I did most days. But there was a lot going on his homecoming. Well, this is not the story I was going for. Well, I'm, I'm getting there, I think. Okay. And I go to the drill field, and I get this sign. They have a screen print process set up. It was one of those days you can learn about what's going on on campus. And so I get this poster. Did you see the cow with a hole in its side? I did not. Okay. And I, I never cared to. That, right. That's just concerning to me. But so I take this poster that they give me, and it's got a dog, a bulldog, this looking rabid, and it says, give me some sugar. We were talking about going to the Sugar Bowl because we were 6-1. and one. With Auburn coming to town that night, and there was a running back for Auburn who wasn't feeling great. He had medical treatment before, during, and after the Paul game. Brent Fullwood, who went for 179 yards, it seemed a lot more, three touchdowns, and of him, Pat Dye said, Brent Fullwood is a fast piece of work, and he made quite a fast piece of work of our defense. Auburn beats us 35-6, to and we go from 6-1 and to 6-5, and and there were no 6-5 and bowl games back in that day. No, I thought you were going to share with us, and I thought you were going to take the baseball route and talk about the day that Frank Thomas hit the ball off Tommy Raffo. Well, I'm still waiting on it to come down to, <laughs> to know exactly how far it went. No, I got to see Bo Jackson play here for Auburn, then Frank Thomas. Charles Barkley. Those were the golden days of SEC college basketball, right? You Hands Barkley, down. Barkley, Wilkins, and then Chuck Person comes in. Yeah. You had Wesley Person. But in any event, that will ever – live in my memory 1986 Auburn coming in here and just killing us the other one that sticks with me is the ball game this had to be like a 90 was this 98 was it 98 where Auburn came in here and um, Terry Bowden ends up getting fired shortly thereafter that was the game where first of all we got a flag (laughs) that broke my hand we got, we got a, two flags before we ever kicked the football off. Yes, we got a flag. Was that the game we got the penalty, or was that the first game we ever did the dog pound rock on the field? I think that was it. And then we got a penalty for our players running out on the field and running down in front of the Auburn fans and taunting the Auburn fans before the game. So we kicked off from like our 10. <laughs> and they fumbled the kickoff, and we got it and returned it for a touchdown. With a guy on his knee. Was that Anthony Derricks? Who was that? Thank goodness they didn't have instant replay then. <laughs> I mean, he's like on his knee no, as Anthony, he picks up the ball. No, Derricks had the pick six the in pick six 97, 97 at Auburn. That was a 20 to nothing game. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had another game. It was one of the first years we did the uh, the halftime stats and stuff. And we brought that back this year where we do those. And we were down 35 to nothing at the half. And I'll never forget Matt Wyatt sending a tweet right before I'm about to go on the air. And I'm sitting in the M Club. And he's like, poor old Bart's got to do the halftime highlights in a 35 nothing <laughs> game. Yeah, those are days, man. Oh, me. So, Auburn coming tomorrow, half 100. As Barry Switzer used to say, that's what I want to see. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, if you come to the game tomorrow, trying to – we talked about those wings a minute ago from – our good friends at Two Brothers. If you also want to get in good with the other people at the tailgate, bring some country-pleasing sausage to put on the grill. Country-pleasing Mississippi-made product right here in the state of Mississippi. You can't go wrong with any of it. In grocery stores throughout the southeast now, 
moving up through the Midwest, now to the Eastern Seaboard. It's a growing brand. They do it right. And one of the reasons it's expanding is because it's just good, good stuff. And that's our good friends at Country Pleasing. All right. Well, we've dug this one apart. Mississippi State, Auburn tomorrow night. Get here, stay dry, be loud, and. What's the rain supposed to do? Depends on which model you're looking at, Bart. I kind of think it's going to get out of here right about the time that you and I get soaking wet. What time is the pregame tomorrow? 4.30? Will it be out by 4.30? Ish. 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 Okay. So, we'll see. Um, But I'm not going to say no excuses. We said that once last year. Got burned by that. we needed some excuses. So, I'm going to leave that one along. I'm just looking for a win. Hey, thanks, guys, for listening. Appreciate it.